across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Oh, welcome back to another From the Terraces for today. Uh, lots of football finally to talk about. Uh, now we're getting back into the swing of the new year. So United uh, looking forward to a game against not one of the best sides in the league and unfortunately they got it and uh, lost it. Uh, City playing the best side in their league, Spalding, who were top of the league after two successive defeats. They managed to beat the unbeatable uh, Spalding and pick up a 2-0 win. We'll be talking to uh, Robbie later on. Histon, who had a good performance over Christmas, unfortunately came up against uh, an informed Godmanchester side who uh, beat them 3-0. We'll be talking to Lance. And even the women's football uh, kicks into gear, or at least half of it does for our local teams. Cambridge United are in action against Ashford. Uh, Two-all draw, I think. No, it was a three-all draw in the uh, away game. Uh, The home game uh, kicks off at St Neots in uh, 56 minutes. We'll be talking to Darren about that. Cambridge, uh, Cambridge City uh, don't have a game. They've got to wait until the 20, 22nd, according to the fixture list, although you can never rely on that. So uh, uh, I, I'll go and check the tweets later on. But a key game for them, probably the most important game of the season against Hounslow, who are popping up the very bottom of that league. Cambridge City are, are second in the league. Hopefully they can uh, get a good result there. And you can get in touch with us if you want to do that all the usual ways. You can text us on 07919 That's 07919070490. Or you can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk. Uh, but we'll start with uh, Cambridge United. So, uh, let's bring Matt in. Matt, are you there? I saw you had problems connecting earlier, but I think you're probably there now. Hey, Tim, how you doing? I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're there because I was thinking if, if I have to do this show on my own, this is going to be a very, very uh, ranty show. Um, uh, I, I, it's it, it's kind of like where do you start? If we just take a step back and let's just talk about two games we have already spoken about but they kind of epitomised the problem that we were having which is against the better sides um, you know we were we were told we weren't expecting results and, and sure enough we didn't get them uh, Derby I thought was a really good game because we put the effort in and we restricted them to the to the out to the one goal and we looked good in doing it. Sheffield Wednesday looked a better side and I think yesterday they beat they beat a better Newcastle side than us uh, yesterday. So they showed their class um, and it was obvious from almost the first minute, even though we we started reasonably well, that they were a side that was going to pick us apart. And it was really a question of could we keep the score to a reasonable level and we didn't. Five um, nil, which was actually if you take out Lloyd Jones's own goal in the previous uh, time we played them there then uh, it was 5-0 there it was actually 6-0 of course but uh, it was a Lloyd Jones own goal that we scored first 
And my disappointment in that was not so much that it was uh, a fairly hefty scoreline to concede, but that we actually made it far too easy for them. Yes, they could have done it without our help, but we kind of just seemed dead, dead, dead bent on uh, actually making it as easy as possible for Sheffield. Yeah, as you say, that that was a lot of the issue. Um, you see, that the the only positive, like you like you could say from the Sheffield Wednesday game, is that at least it wasn't six unlike last season. Um, yeah, it just basically showed you know where we were as a squad. Um, you know, Mark probably would have wanted to make more changes if he, if he possibly could have done for the game. And uh, you know, put a few more legs in if he if he had them available, and uh, you know he didn't. Um, and like like you say, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, a fantastic team, uh, the, one of the best teams in this league, uh, probably the best team that I've seen this season as well. And they didn't really need our help at all to to win the game. And uh, yeah, we we just gave it to them. Um, and the hard thing is, is you, you can always you can always forgive when you know the players try hard and you know they put in the effort like they did against Derby and lose. And it's you know it's perfectly acceptable when they do things like that. But one of the things against Sheffield Wednesday is that you know a lot of their goals came from us not really doing the basics in football. You know, we didn't really close the ball down enough um, defensively. Um, you know, the the two centre-halves got picked off very, very easily with the, the ball over the top, which, you know, they, they need to, they should have dealt with a lot, lot better than what they did. Um, I, I'm not still convinced about the penalty uh, that was that was given for for them. I don't think it was a penalty. You know, I think there was probably more of a stonewall one. Um, later on in the game than, than the actual one that was given against Liam Bennett. And, you know, it was always going to be a hard task. We knew that. You know, it's always hard to go to a place like Sheffield Wednesday and you've got to work incredibly hard. You've got to be on your game from the word go. And, you know, you've got to have a full full set of, uh, you know, players to pick from who, you know, are playing that, that absolute maximum and more and then hope that, you know, Sheffield Wednesday are having an off day. Uh, to try and get something there, and uh, unfortunately for us, you know, they they were definitely on their game. They didn't even have to get out of first gear to to win the game and score the goals. And there, there were some well taken goals as well. It has to be said, there were some really good finishes. But you know, we we made it incredibly easy for them. You know, probably the easiest game that they they probably had over the Christmas and New Year period. And you know, I think Mark will be incredibly disappointed with that performance because you know we are better than that and like you say you know we showed it against Derby and yes I know they were they were probably you know sort of out of energy after after the Derby game but you know the, the one thing that you have to do in a game of football is you know you know do the basics right first and then just make it as hard as possible as you can for the opposition and we, we just didn't do that the other day against Sheffield Wednesday. No, and I guess what one of the one of the things that I was concerned about, and it's interesting that the 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 feedback on the uh, the forums kind of echoed this is that Liam Bennett turns back up, and uh, you know we 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 think he's you know that there are people who think he's the saviour of Cambridge United, and uh, 
you know, there's a lot of pressure is going to go on him, um, and people are saying, oh yeah, the performance shows we should never put him out on loan, and and uh, he should have been with the team all the time. And I just think I, I don't get it. I don't get why people don't see that a player can look good. Um, but not be ready for regular first-team football against League One opposition because he's not got the experience. And I think going to Walsall and playing there and doing so well, A, boosts his confidence, and B, gives him a chance to settle into a game, settle into uh, a league that he's probably better than, well, certainly better than, I think, uh, whether it's just yet or whether it's another six months or a year away is, is another matter. But I think it's done in the world of good, and I think people people who say that he should never have been put out on loan, would have just seen him sit on the bench and would have complained that he wasn't getting games, but that's because he wasn't good enough for the level. And meanwhile, his his career is going down the pan because he's not getting what he needs, which is regular football at a level that's going to challenge him. So I think it's a bit weird that people should take that attitude. Now, you just need them to back off a little bit and give him time to develop. Because I think, you know, when, when we get back to full strength, I think he's not going to be, you know, the, the first the first choice uh, you know, person on on the pitch, um, assuming that everyone else can suddenly start to find some form. But getting people back is going to give him a lot of competition, and he may find that he he doesn't play as much as he obviously wants to. Yeah, I think it's a, it's going to be an interesting one when everybody is fit. Um, you know, certainly, you know, he, he, it was a tough ask for him against Sheffield Wednesday. You know, you're playing at Walsall and you're playing things like Sutton and Harrogate one week. And then, you know, you're called back to your parent club and your first game back is against Sheffield Wednesday, which are a completely different, you know, league in ability and player and, uh, you know, movement and skill set and everything. So, you know, I, I thought the Sheffield Wednesday game, it, it was hard for him. Uh, it was always going to be hard for him. Uh, as I say, you know, I, I don't think he did bad at all. I thought, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have a bad game. Um, you know, for for it to come in, but there was no there was no pressure on him in the Sheffield Wednesday game because at the end of the day we we didn't expect anything there at all. And um, as I say, I, I thought he was you know very harshly uh, dealt with with the referee in terms of you know the foul and the penalty. I think that you know when you when you look at the size of their striker that went down. You know, compared to Liam, who's you know, who's not the tallest player on the pitch, unfortunately. Um, you know, I think that the striker goes down very, very easily. Um, as I say, it wasn't a penalty in my book, um, but it's one of those things. It's one of those things that he'll learn from going forward. Um, but it's, it's going to be hard, Tim. It's going to be really, really hard. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is, is George Williams has been in and out of the side. He's not been well. Um, you know, obviously came in yesterday's game, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that a bit more uh, soon. Um, but yeah, the, the issue is, is Liam needs to be playing football somewhere, and I would hope and I would like it to be at Cambridge United because one of the things I thought he did do yesterday, and again we'll go into a bit more detail, is you know he, his energy and his effort was there and it was there against Sheffield Wednesday as well but you know but he, he gets people excited you know you could hear you know the, the anticipation even though he's the right back driving forward from yesterday's game uh, you know the, the crowd were getting up because he was trying to do something positive and that that's what he is he's a battler He's trying to do something positive. You know, he might not be the, the tallest or, you know, the most strong, but, you know, he, he gives it a go. And, um, 
you know, as I say, I, I think that is something that the the team need right now as well. I think, you know, they just need that little bit of spark because, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's not coming from too many people on the pitch at the moment. And, um, you know, I think if he works hard enough and he carries on doing what he's doing, I think, you know, for, for Mark, it, it's going to be very, very hard for him not to be in the team. So... Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough situation. I think Mark and the, the football club did the right idea uh, for the first you know, six months up until this point to send him out on loan to Walsall. It's obviously benefited him. You know, he, he does look uh, you know, as, as good as what we thought he was at the end of last season. Yes, people will, will think, oh, you know, he, he should have stayed at the club a bit longer um, and not gone out on loan. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about developing players. And, you know, you, you look at some of the youngsters that are, you know, coming through in the youth academy, people like Ben Warman and Lewis Simper went on loan for two seasons before they sort of got anywhere near the first team as well. And people like Kai Yearn and, you know, Glenn McConnell, Brendan Njuku, Mah- uh, Mamadou Joe as well, have all been out on loan to try and get near to that level. So, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it's going to be a benefit for him. Um, I, I think he's going to be he's going to be a key player for the for the next six months towards the end of the season. I don't envisage, envisage him going anywhere else now. And, um, you know, as I say, at the end of the day, I think the club have dealt with, with Liam Bennett well so far. And, um, you know, I think he, he's got to be in the team right now, really. So, um, you know, but, you know, fair play for Mark. You know, they took the risk in the first six months and hopefully at, at some point soon we might, uh, you know, reap the rewards uh, going forward to, towards the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, it, it will be interesting to see how, as things start to return to to what we would call normal, and we get some of the injured players back, although uh, further evidence shows that the uh, the curse of injuries at uh, Cambridge is uh, alive and well still, then it will be interesting to see what happens. Let's just talk briefly before we get on to yesterday's game. Let's talk about obviously that the the transfer window is now open, and I, it's funny because I've been watching it because because we obviously get the press release uh, about well, if the clubs if the clubs being a we get it a half an hour before it goes out but uh, but it doesn't always get that we sometimes get only about five or ten minutes notice so you kind of uh, you kind of watching out for it and as, as everybody going oh you know we will promise tra- we will promise people in the first week it's not going to happen it's not going to happen and then of course two two come along uh, at one go uh, and it and it's funny because almost instantly you then get the oh yeah we wanted players but not him or oh yeah well look we're, and it's just I was. We were driving back to Manchester on Friday evening, and we got to Corley Services at about uh, just before six o'clock. And I said, "We're not leaving until about three minutes past six When I can hear the uh, the vitriol that's going to flow from uh, Steve Seddon being signed and how that goes. And sure enough, the only thing that delayed the uh, criticism for a little bit longer was the fact that everyone was wrapped up with calling Will Norris a traitor for having signed uh, for Peterborough. And <laughs> you've you've got. You've got to laugh at the forums. I mean, they are they are they are a constant source of amusement. But if you look at uh, the signings, um, both uh, well, one's a one's a year uh, uh, to the end of the year contract, 
for Bennett um, and the other one is a loan signing then they I think they're ambitious uh, that well, sorry I think they show ambition um, it's good to get loan players in it was always the likely way it was going to happen because you're not then waiting for a chain of players to to be sorted to make acquisitions so I think there will be more to come but they'll come a little bit later simply because of the way this transfer window works um, and I think the Bennett one is uh, is you know it, <laughs> we've, we've bought a player who's not match fit but how do we get players that have played Premier League football not so long ago by making sure that they're not currently wanted necessarily by another club because they're not match fit or whatever we've only signed until the end of the year because obviously we know that he's not going to want to play for Cambridge next year unless something miraculous happens because he'll he'll be wanting to play at a higher level I should think so I think they look good signings and then of course what happens half an hour into Seddon's debut he's out for between what two and six weeks depending on just how bad the fracture is uh, you know to his face Um, and we literally just cannot catch a break from injuries No the the Steve Seddon issue was uh, very very unfortunate I mean you know, it probably wasn't the best debut, but you know, I didn't, I didn't expect too much with him being signed. You know, sort of on, on the Friday. Um, you know, again, he's had League One experience. He's a he's a League One player that had been playing football at Oxford, um, and and it's the type of player that you know Mark said that they were targeting because he was ready. You know, to go into the team straight away in an area where obviously we are completely and utterly short on players, um, and then of course naturally he has to go and get injured himself. So, uh, so now we're, we're even more short than what we were in the in the first place. So it'd be interesting to see what we do there in terms of, you know, is he going to stay with the the club um, because he could be out for you know a month maybe. A, you know, even longer potentially, depending on how bad the injury is. You know, uh, will the club look at maybe getting somebody else in, or will they just take the gamble that you know uh, Brandon Houndstrup might be, you know, back in the next couple of weeks, or you know, ready ready to play football? So, you know, that's an interesting one, and I feel sorry for Steve. You know, as I say, he he didn't look the best positionally yesterday. Um, got caught out a few times, but um, yeah, to make your debut and then obviously uh, having to come off at half time with a with a bad injury is just real bad luck that the football club seem to have right now. And uh, you know, Ryan Bennett is one of those people. He, he had been training with with Grimsby. He had a bad injury last year. You know, if we're going to attract that type of player with with the pedigree that he has got. Um, you know, it is the only way that we we were going to do it. Um, you know, he, he hasn't played a lot of football and he's looking to get back into the game. And uh, hopefully, you know, with this six-month deal, he can sort out the back line, um, you know, start leading them a bit forwards. People, you know, people that, that know him and seen him play say, you know, he's a motivator and he's, you know, he's a calming influence on the, on the back line. And that's the type of thing that we need right now because, you know, we haven't got Lloyd-Jones who, you know, has been our best player this season and is, you know, quite easily far too good for us. And, uh, you know, Zeno Ibsen Rossi was obviously just coming into a bit of form uh, before his injury and looking like a really decent signing. Um, so, you know, people will say, yeah, he's 32 and he's not played a lot of football, but he'll, he'll have the know-how and the experience like what, uh, you know, what Wes did. Um, you know, for us last season and the season before, we all just have that little bit more 
about him in terms that he's played at a higher level. He'll be able to read the game a lot, lot better. He'll be able to communicate a lot, lot more at the back. And, you know, for, for Juba Rocadina, who's probably likely to be his partner, uh, you know, for, for a little while, um, it will just be a calming influence on him. You know, it will calm him down. It will just give him, you know, ways to learn the game a lot more, read the game, you know, and just learn little things from him. So I think I think it's a good signing. Ryan Bennett will be a good signing. You know, basically, he, you know, he's a very key signing for for our defence who are, you know, going, being cut open like, you know, a uh, hot knife going through butter right now. And, um, yeah, I, so we'll talk about it a bit more with yesterday's game. But, you know, after yesterday's game, I think we could do with him in the back pretty quickly. And I really hope he's available for next Saturday against Morecambe, Tim. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll come. We'll, we'll come to that in just a second. I had this. I had this thought uh, last night because it's. It's obviously we're going to talk about who's to blame in a bit. Um, and uh, the, the the issue, of course, is it's all Paul Mullins' fault, really. If you look at it, I mean, if Paul Mullins, if Paul Mullins hadn't played so well the season he was here and scored that many goals, we wouldn't be in this position, uh, getting beaten by League One sides each week because we'd be in League Two. Or if he'd stayed here and helped us in League One, then of course we'd wouldn't we. we wouldn't be losing against all these sides either way I, I don't know why nobody's pointing this it's all it's all Mullins fault so we can stop looking for the per- people responsible for it because you can just point it at Mullins there you go that's my analysis for today but let's take the two games so we got uh, yesterday's game against uh, Bristol Rovers that we lost 2-1 in the away and we shouldn't have done it was a, it was a, a poor result uh, in the early part of the, the the poor run of very long very very long run of poor results um, but we looked at Bristol Rovers and we looked at the, the Morecambe game two games where following uh, Derby and um, uh, Sheffield Wednesday and before we go back in to play Shrewsbury and Lincoln and then Ipswich, Barnsley, Cheltenham, Oxford and Exeter. We looked at it as a a minimum really four points out of it. So that's gone. The best we can do now is three, but we're going to have to do it against a side that suddenly hit uh, a rich vein of form and it might be uh, none from six. Um, Yesterday's game, it was was interesting. I mean, we all... (laughs) Smith and Nibs, uh, the the two two people who are vilified a lot on the forum as being... uh, a useless waste of space. I thought it was interesting that people think that, you know, when top clubs come in for nibs and we turn them down, we should have sold him because he's useless. Yeah, that's why top clubs are coming in for him. Obviously, they see something in him and it's just pointless to say that it's not. Um, but we can't afford to give him away. And yes, you are sacrificing the fact that, um, you know, we, we'll lose any fee for him because he'll go as a free if he wants to um, in the uh, summer. But it, it, it's too important to keep him at the moment because you know w- whether people like him or not he is he's there he's doing a job and we won't be able to replace him for the money we can you know for any money that we've got without sacrificing other places and I think keep him and we don't have to worry about that plus you know it may be that someone comes in with a bigger offer and then we might choose to do it later on in the transfer window so we'll see but yesterday's game started brilliantly um it was four minutes in, or just just coming up to five minutes in, uh, we get Nibs crosses to Smith and scored a really easy goal. Very well worked, 
a really good goal, but uh, we took them apart, and it looked like it was going to be, you know, all, it was all one-way traffic. We should, could and should have uh, increased our lead, didn't manage to do that, and as usual, we end up uh, regretting it, and again, you know, errors cost us goals, and uh, so does the liner, because that was definitely offside i haven't seen the replay yet but we, we were convinced that not the player that went in the score but the the, the 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 player on the outside of him on the edge of the pitch was definitely offside uh, when it came in i suppose you could argue he's not he's not uh, taking part in the play and he's not distracting anyone but uh, it was unbelievable that it wasn't given offside but there you go um and we end up not getting anything out of it and you know it's it's a poor result we needed and we wanted something out of it um given as i say Morecambe may be far harder to beat than we than we would have thought four weeks ago because they're now putting a run together yeah it was um it, it was a tough one and it was a strange game um because uh, you know I, I thought Bristol Rovers were a good side i thought they moved the ball around really well um used the spaces that they that we gave them very, very well. I thought um, at times our, our pressing game uh, just got us into more trouble than it needed to. I think, you know, at times our wingers and, and the midfield too pressed far too high, which just gave, uh, you know, Bristol Rovers the space they needed to, you know, pop it into the channels, um, you know, for their wing backs to get on to. I have to say that young lad that plays up front, up front from Coburn is is a is a fantastic player. Um, I'd, I'd be very very surprised if he if he's not playing Championship or maybe even you know Premier League at some point because you know at, at his age they just put the ball into him and it just absolutely stuck with him every single time and you know the the strength that he had and the passing and anything and you know he did get lucky with with his goal. Um, but you know, I think his performance deserved that goal because I thought he was fantastic yesterday. And neither Jibril Okadine or Greg Taylor had a handle on him at all during the game. Um, yeah, I, I think that the fast start and, as you say, being being on top for you know the first five ten minutes of the game, at least I think we, we you know we had our tails up. We didn't take advantage. Um, the, the goals are really work, well worked goal, and it just shows what happens when we actually put a decent ball into the box and what we can what we can achieve. Something that we've lacked all season, as we know. And uh, you know, even our, our corner um, corners were decent in the first half as well. We were putting them in really good areas, and you know, Bristol Rovers' defence was struggling to contain us for for it. But you know, as I say, as, as they got more into the game, and then as they got the equalising goal. Um, heads dropped. Uh, we just seemed to lose our shape. We just went a little bit ragged, and um, you know the, the second goal, as you say, you you probably had a better view, Tim. You think it's offside? I, obviously, I couldn't see from behind the goal. Um, but it's just it's just so easy to score against us right now. You know, we just we just make it so so easy for for the teams. You know, the, the first goal was a straight ball through the middle. The second one, we've been carved apart. You know, um, they've got down the flanks far too easily. It's, it's, it's a half-decent ball into the box. But, you know, there's three players there. And the, the player, uh, you know, at the back post, he's, he's unmarked. We're not even looking. We're not even talking across the line. And, um, you know, it, it was just the issue, you know. And they, they took the gas off the pedal and, you know, they popped the ball around for, for quite a bit of the game. And... We huffed and we puffed, but you know we we do we we look at an incredibly poor side. 
right now. And, you know, the second half, we didn't really do too much. It was mainly very, very comfortable for Bristol Rose until the, the last 10 minutes when suddenly we decided we were going to wake up and, and give it a go and try and do something and work a little bit harder. Because, you know, we, we just didn't work hard enough at times. And as I say, tactically, off the ball, we weren't good enough and we were just a little bit slow to react to things. Um, Sam Smith, I thought, had a decent game. I thought he worked really hard. And I think, you know, you know, bringing Big Joe on, which, you, you know, I know he's worked hard and everything, I think it kind of went against us in some cases because I just thought we lost that little bit of movement off the ball that Sam was trying to give us, so, you know, and that little bit of quicker press-up up towards the, the centre-half. So, you know, I, I don't think bringing Big Joe on really helped us at all there. Um, the, the cameo by Liam Bennett, as I say, you know, because of, unfortunately, Steve Sennett had that injury. I thought, you know, he was fantastic in the second half. I thought he came on. He was really bright and, you know, running that players. And him and uh, James Brophy linked up really, really well down that left-hand side. And they were, they were getting good crosses in and, and trying hard. And, you know, the, the, when he moved over to the right-hand side, probably, you know, we lost a little bit of momentum there for a minute or two. He just couldn't quite get a hold of the game. But, you know, he was trying as hard as he could to link up down down that right-hand side. And, you know, Jack Lancaster came on and showed some really good touches and some really good passes as well. But, you know, for, for the most part, you know, we, we just didn't do enough at the end. I mean, we maybe probably should have had a... A penalty, but you, are we splitting hairs there? Um, possibly, you know, would we have deserved it from from the game? Probably not. In fairness, uh, the referee and the linesman were not particularly great either. Again, yesterday, so um, yeah, we just we just make it too easy, Tim, don't we? We're just a really soft touch at the moment. We do we can see the goal. And our heads just drop, and it's far, far too much, you know, for for them to get back into it. And we, we've got to sort ourselves out. We look light in midfield. We look really, really light in midfield. We know that. Um, but the next two signings need to be two midfielders just to go in there, a bit of physical presence, and a box to box player um, to add a bit of bite in there, and just allow Paul Digby to do what he's actually good at, which is just make tackles and lay the ball off because, you know, having him as like our playmaker slash box-to-box player just isn't his game and it doesn't work right now. So, um, you know, re- really poor, you know, really disappointing again. Uh, Mark's comments after the game, you know, when he, he sounded fed up, um, you know, and he said, like I said, we've lost 15 games this year, you know, and that, that's far, far too much. You know, that's points that we need to try and find whether it's one point or make a comeback for three. And, um, you know, for the first time, you know, I think, you know, he probably called out the players and said, you know, when you take the lead, you've got to find a way to stay in the game and, you know, try and get something out of it. And it's something that we just didn't do yesterday at all. We just capitulated far too easily. And uh, it's an issue. And, you know, I think if, if we stay up in League One this year, regardless of, you know, the contract situations and all that. I think a few of those players uh, won't be in the football club next season, unfortunately. 
Yeah, and it, it, we've gone on longer than I really wanted to, but I just, <laughs> I just want, I want, to, I now want to apportion some blame out here. So, I, so, so my my view is that we we owe we owe Bonner a lot for bringing us up into uh, League One. There's there's no doubt in that he did it with a team, um, and you could argue that he, you know, Mullin was a signing that we took a risk on. He hadn't scored, and all of a sudden he suddenly becomes a goal scoring machine, and Smith joins in and gets fifteen or whatever he got, and we get performances out of the team that are above where they are and we get promoted and, and, and great, that's fantastic then we had, I think, we've unfortunately we've done this the wrong way around for fans if this year had been last year, if we'd swapped these two seasons around, struggling to stay in the league would have been what we expected in our first year in or possibly our first two years in, but we did so well in that first year by finishing uh, whatever, 12, 13 14, whatever we finished that now people expect us to go on and improve and I think that was that was the glitch season, that was where we went wrong because I think people then thought, well, okay, now we'll do, we just need to get a bit better and we'll be up there in the playoff spots and within two years we'll be a championship side, which is never going to happen. And you can look at, you know, there is absolutely no doubt that the injuries have massively, massively hampered anything we've tried to do. Um... And you can use that as an excuse. We're not the only team that's had injuries and we've played against teams um, who are, who've got injury problems as well and they've beaten us. So it's not it's not the be-all and end-all, but I get how difficult it is to do it. And it, it's I, I, my own personal view is that there's no way we get rid of Bonner this season. Um, almost whatever happens, because once, once we make that decision to go with him, there's no point in doing it right at the end of the season when it's too late. So I think we keep him until at least... The, the next year, this you know the summer signing and seeing what we can do and build, uh, or you know we have to let him go now because you know we if if that's if that's what we think that he's not good enough then he has to go now so that the, the new manager can come in and have some time to run at it. I don't think we'll go down. That's my my own personal opinion. As I think we'll stay up. I think it will be a, a, a hard fight to the end of the season, but I think we'll stay up. Um, I hope I'm not proved wrong, um, and then we can build. Um, and and I still think that you know if Mark, if Bonner can keep us up and then can then build then you know we make the judgments next year. Uh, I know it's not popular. People want to get rid of him now. People think it's all his fault. But as I say, I think there's a whole series of things that conspire to to kind of give him the give him the benefit of the doubt for what he's done previously. And I know it's not a sentimental industry. This is a business, and we're out to stay in this league and move forward. Um, but we were always going to struggle. Everybody said, you know, the, those who were being realistic about it, they're getting into League One. I mean, it took us nine years to get out of non-league. You know, so why we'd expect to get, uh, you know, from League One to Championship in two or three seasons? Um, or ever is is a big thing so i think you know i get what people and fans are allowed their opinion i'm allowed my opinion you're allowed your opinion and we can voice it and we can do whatever we want but realistically i think bonner's here for the season and i i genuinely think you know we'll stay up yeah i i think you know he's definitely here for the season i think you know it's it's going to be hard to stay up uh, we're not in a good run, but I think with people coming back and, as I say, you know, some good additions coming into the club, um, we might have a better chance of it. But mistakes were made in the summer. The recruitment wasn't good enough. We know that. That's obvious. And, uh, you know, Mark doesn't become a bad manager overnight. You know, and as you say, 
we really and truly we wanted this season to be last season, and then you know, you know, and settle ourselves in by just about surviving, and then this year, you know, pushing on a bit more and having more success. So, you know, you're completely right there, Tim. Uh, it, a lot of people say our oh, managers have been sacked for worse runs and or you know less than less than worse runs I should say and they they are right as well of course they have you know there's been managers that have lost you know sort of you know not as not as many games as Mark and been sacked and um, but he he deserves a go he deserves he's been back to the transfer window he's not going to go anywhere for now. And, um, you know, it, it is the right thing to do. You know, can we stay up? Uh, say, oh, I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be really tight. Um, I'm I'm still not convinced. I still think we've got a, a team that is ta- going to take us down. But as you say, it, it's going to be a big summer. And the one thing is, is if we stay up this season, next year is a big season for the football club in terms of trying to stay in the league for another year and getting in, you know, a better quality of player to ensure that, you know, obviously we don't struggle too much again. And if we do go down, it's all about, right, what do the football club want to achieve going back down to League Two? Do they want to go back into mediocrity again? Or do they want to have a bit of ambition and aim for playoffs slash automatic promotion, which, depending on the teams in the league, you know, next season in League Two, it's going to cost money. So, you know, I think it, it's a catch-22 situation for, for the football club. Um, we need to try and stay up. And then, you know, we, we've got some massive business to do um, in the summer, depending on, you know, whether we're in League 2, League 1, and whether we get rid of Mark or not. We're not going to get rid of him now in January. You don't bring in players uh, to get rid of a manager now. So, um, you know, the, the summer is massive, one way or the other. But... I tell you what, if we, don't, if we don't win next Saturday, Tim, I think we might be, you know, reversing our situation. I w- thinking we might be going down. <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, and of course, I will change my mind next week if we lose against Morecambe. But you know, I, I, I mean, I won't because I think I think that's that is genuinely what I think at the moment. And and Mark was right, and he did say at the end of his uh, press call, he said, you know, we may even drop into the bottom four, but uh, he's confident that we'll get out. And uh, you know, I'm 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 prepared to go with that. I think I don't think we'll go down um I, I, you know i really don't want to be proved wrong but i don't think we will um but yeah we'll i mean the the clamor for his head will will be huge if we don't beat morecambe next week but uh, that's the way football goes matt thanks very much uh, for joining us we'll catch you again next week cheers okay there we go we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk histon Broadcasting from the city centre. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. When we come back, uh, we'll be talking uh, all things history. So yeah, Histon seventh uh, and eighth is the kind of position they're they're settling down into in the league, and they had a good uh, Christmas uh, run up. Uh, well, it wasn't really a Christmas run up because it was the, the the two games in December were postponed. But uh, Coventry and Desborough and uh, and uh, I think it's Ainsbury, Ainsbury. I can never remember which one that is. Uh, so three wins in the league on the bounce, uh, scoring nine goals, conceding four goals, and they come up against God Manchester, who. Uh, I guess, I mean, looking at the league positions, it's a little bit confusing because 
they haven't played uh, as many games. I think they're for three or four games behind everyone else. Uh, so if they won all their games in hand, they'd be in pretty much the same place as Histon. I think they'd even be above Histon. So you can't necessarily see the, the position as 13th down in the league. So uh, Histon at 7th, they're at 13th. But uh, Histon caught them on a bad day or a good day, depending on which kind of fan you are, uh, and lost 3-0. I spoke to uh, Lance this morning and this is what he had to say uh, after the game. Um, so it's uh, back to football after the uh, Christmas break game against God Manchester Rovers, who are in an interesting position. You look at where they are in the league and they seem to be three or four games behind everyone. So difficult to tell where they should be. But I guess a, a game you perhaps expected to win, but uh, not to be, you lost 3-0. Yeah, I think certainly after performance against them um, winning with, with nine stroke ten men uh, going in yes, into yesterday's game we were full of confidence especially after three wins on the trot and then to give a performance like we did yesterday um, at times we played very well but again it was one of those kind of performances where we, we flattered to deceive again and it was one of those where if I'm honest I was very upset with the way we we lost control of the second half completely when we went 2-0 down. We gave a poor second goal away and then we, our heads went and our discipline went. And actually, that was the most disappointing side of it because we I haven't seen that in my, one of my sides for, for some time. And yesterday was was disappointing from that point. But then you have to give credit to Colmester because the way they played, they had Matty Allen up front who was very lively, a thorn on our side all game. They had pace in wide areas, they had aggression and they fully deserved their three points yesterday. And as you say, more, all the more disappointing because uh, on the back of uh, three good wins, it, it would be difficult to call it momentum because, of course, we had that two-week period where games were postponed because of the weather. But you didn't manage to carry that through. Is that just a bit of kind of rustiness after the Christmas break as well? Well, you could say that, but, but Goddy had, what, five weeks off? You know, Tim, so, you know, and they look very sharp yesterday, you know, and we, we've all been training over the Christmas period when we haven't been playing, so it's not that either. You just think that yesterday, the way God must have hurt us with their pace and their counter-attacking football, it really hurt us. And one thing, like I say, when we went to look down, our discipline went, and I think that's one thing if I was to say to anybody that watched the game yesterday, I apologise for that because the players will be, will be told about how they should conduct themselves and the last 30, 35 minutes was not acceptable. Yeah, and a couple of interesting games coming up. You've got Desborough for the second time in the space of uh, around about a month. Obviously, a 5-2 win last time. They'll be smarting from that and they'll want to uh, to, to get, get back at you in the away game. But hopefully you can, you know, you can draw yourself together for that nicely. Well, we hope so, Tim. Obviously, we'll, we'll train hard this week. We'll get ready for this weekend. Um, but we've played Desborough three times already this season. Every single time it's been a tough game. They, they play some nice football. So it won't be another... Won't be an easy game for us at all. And uh, coming off the back of that kind of last 30, 35 minutes, we need some sort of reaction for, for next weekend. And I'm hoping I'll get that. And into the second half of the season now, and as we've talked about this uh, a few times, the fixture list is favourable to you in the second half in that you've played a lot of the, the, the top teams twice already. There's still some big games, Coventry, Wellingborough, and Milton Keynes Irish is the first one just after the Desborough game. Yeah, and they, they had a convincing win yesterday away at Coventry United. I think it was 5-1. You know, so and again, they play very much like Godmanchester. They, they play on the counter-attack with, with pace in wide areas and down the middle. So, you know, we, we've got to try and, and stop this, you know, because obviously we we do score goals generally, but we are conceding some as well at the same time. So if we can shore it up in the, in the, from the back four point of view and be a bit more disciplined, because like yesterday, like I say, we were... We, we started the second half very, very well yesterday and then conceded a very poor second goal and our heads just dropped. And like I say, that's something that we've got to work on this week and try and drum out them for Desborough this Saturday. 
and you're seventh in the league still despite the loss but looking obviously you, you we've talked in in the past about wanting to finish in that sixth fifth seventh spot it's looking good uh, as you start to uh, home in on that uh, the second half of the season yeah, and that's the positives we have to keep trying to drum into the players. That you know, that from how we started the season in the new league to, to be where we are right now is credit to them. But you know, you, you can't rest on your laurels. You have to keep driving forward, and we have to try to be better. You look at Goddy; they, they strengthened their squad yesterday. You know, for, you know, in the last two or three weeks for us, and it showed. And so we we may well have to do the same because yesterday wasn't acceptable. But having said that, we're in a strong position, and if we can continue to drive forward, then there's no reason why we can't finish in that top six. And as you say, comparing to last year as well, it must be a, a much happier second half of the season given the position you were in last year compared to where you are now. Oh, uh, fundamentally massive you know, difference. It's, you know, it's from where we were last year, it was the doldrums every week. It was trying to pick people up every week. Yeah, we had a bad performance yesterday. So hopefully we can just put that to bed, put a line under it and go again next weekend because you know it has been more successful this year. There has been more smiles on faces. We have one put games we've scored more goals so yeah there's a lot more pluses this year but we've 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 strived to, to try and be better each week and so hopefully we can be that be- that much better next week yeah and hopefully this is just there's just a blip i mean i say three wins in a row prior to that desborough town coming up who they've uh, i think they've i mean the one draw because of course they played twice in the cup so a draw and a win in the cup and one win in the league and they've put a lot of goals past them um so hopefully that can continue uh next week um and then uh, it is an away game though although one of the cup games was also away uh, and then milton keen irish which is going to be interesting because that's that's the kind of team they want to aim to get a good result against if they want to move up into the sixth, fifth, uh, and beyond slot um, in what is a relatively straightforward second half. I mean, they never are noted. Any team can beat any team on the day, but a lot of the big teams have gone already. So, uh, good luck to Histon. We'll be talking to Lance next week. Take a quick break, and we'll come talk about City across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge One Hundred and Five Radio from the terraces on Cambridge One Hundred and Five Radio. Now, I hadn't spoken to uh, Robbie for a while, so uh, you'll hear in the interview I'm just about to play, we caught on with him a few things, but just to highlight, I mean, uh, what a result for them yesterday, unbeaten, top of the league, Spalding, they go there and uh, beat them 2-0 and they make it look easy, uh, kind of city all over, they struggle against some of the poorer sides and then uh, really, really come to life uh, against the better sides. I spoke to Robbie this morning, this is what he had to say about uh, all of the football they've played over the Christmas period into the Spalding game as well. It's been some time since we spoke last. Don't want to go back and dwell too much on past events, but we last time we spoke was just before the uh, Boxing Day game, a game you were winning 2-0 against St Neots, and it finished 3-2. Obviously a big disappointment for you to lose that game. Yeah, it was, you know, in, in total control, Tim, for 60 minutes. And then, you know, we lose Ryan Inger at half-time to an injury. And then we never really got going. We just sat off St. Nears and, you know, they sort of almost gained confidence through our clumsiness, you know, sort of our, we just switched off and we switched off for 10 minutes and it was probably one of the worst 10 minutes I've seen a Cambridge City play in a very, very long time. And, you know, we, we sort of huffed and puffed with the last 20 minutes to go and we, we just never even looked like mustering a, a, an onslaught or, or a shot at goal, you know, because it was just, it, it drained so much out of us by conceding those three goals having been in complete and out of control but you know it's football you switch off you get punished and it doesn't matter what level you're playing at whether it's step six seven step one 
you know, you, you switch off for a period of time and, you know, teams will punish you. And then that's what's happened to us on two occasions over Christmas. Yeah, we're coming to so Deerham as well. I mean, obviously Deerham became more important in the light of the uh, St. Neots loss. That was a game you needed to win. And again, uh, a 2-1 defeat on uh, the start of January. You know, I, I'm probably at fault for telling the lads how big and how a must-win games those two games were. And I think, if I'm honest, I think telling them how big a games they were and how much we needed those six points, I don't know whether that had a psychological effect on, on the team, but we just... Like for 45 minutes against, or 40 minutes against Deerham, you know, we're 2-0 down and two comical goals that we've conceded. And, you know, we get a lifeline, 42 minutes, Dan Cotton, who's normally ever so reliable from the penalty spot, glazed over Harry Kane style. And it left us a little bit of a tougher court, you know, for going into the second half. We're going second half 2-1. We are sort of in the ascendancy and, and the next goal for us is then, you know, can we get two goals? And, you know, we, we dominated... And we were very good second half against Deerham. And we literally dominated from start to finish of that second half. We had 25 corners. We've hit the woodwork five times. We've scored in the 90th minute with still five minutes to go in injury time. And we hit the post literally last kick of the game. So lots to be positive about in both performances. But the result and the manner of the goals were massive concerns for us moving forward. Because, you know, I've spoke to you a lot about how good we've been defensively, certainly this season. You know, we, we've seen a, a lot more solid, but the two games over Christmas and New Year, you know, there was a, a sort of frightening view for me to see how easy two teams at the bottom scored goals against us. And yeah, we've had a lot of lot of chats, a lot of, you know, having our new, we're training at Sawston now. So that's been a massive plus for us over the last two two weeks. You know, we're not sort of <laughs> clock watching and, and getting off after the hour, we, we, we're spending a little bit more time on the training ground and we're working on things. And yeah, and yesterday's result, something that we'd been, been able to work on and, and spend time last week working on to get probably a positive result yesterday, and which we got. So, I mean, we come to yesterday and you, you go away to Spalding, top of the league, not being defeated, a prolific goal scoring. It was kind of made for that Cambridge City, we don't care who's who the good teams are, we, we can beat anybody in our day. And, and so it proved a 2-0 win and, and what a fantastic result. Yeah, it was, you know, it was one that, you know, from start to finish, we thoroughly deserved. And, you know, I said to the to the lads at half time, you know, we, we probably played some of the best football on a very difficult pitch that we've played for for a very long time. And they had no answer to us. And, you know, I spoke to their management, a few of their, their committee after the game and, you know, no one's gone there or they've played anyone this season that have pulled them about like we did. And like I said to you many times before, you know, we've got a very good squad and a very good group, but it's consistency that, that hampers us a lot. And, you know, injuries have hampered us a lot recently and yesterday was you know we're sort of 90% where we want to be in terms of players in the group you know Mikey Davis was on the bench Benny Nolan you know feeling his way back so he was on the bench so having those two to call upon as we move forward will be massive and there's just an energy and a and a hunger about the group and you know because some of them are quite young we we switch off and, and we make mistakes but when they're switched on and the concentration levels are what they were yesterday and it's weird because we've done really well against the top eight. Mm-hmm. I think we've only lost to Stanford and Howe's own in the top eight. You know, so we know where we can be, but we've, we've got to take that attitude from yesterday and, and that work rate and, and everything about yesterday into the games against your, your Deerham, your St. Eats, your, your Daventry's, because they're the games that 
no disrespect to those teams, but we should be winning. You know, and the games that we've been up in and we've lost, you know, they're, they're games that we shouldn't be losing. So, yeah, we, we spoke very openly yesterday after the result and said, look, you know, really enjoy that. But this is the levels. This is the, you know, 80 minutes to that game. We were outstanding. And that's down to individuals and clubs, you know, being on the ball and, you know, knowing their jobs. And, and that was what was so pleasing. You know, it, like you said, it's typical Cambridge City where we, we go against the top teams and we go, look, we don't really care who we're playing in the top half. And we, we know that on our day, you know, we can beat anybody and we're a good team. And, and it's, you know, taking that knowledge of what, what we can do against the best teams and use that against the same performance levels against the teams that are down the bottom near us and around us. And if we can do that, then, like I've said to you many times, you know, we've got a good group and, and, and we'll do better and we'll win more games than we lose if we play like we did yesterday. And obviously it, it's a team performance, but it, it would be it wouldn't make any sense if I didn't pick out Dan Cotton's contribution. I think it's nine games now, seven goals. I mean, he's on fire. Yeah, he is. And, you know, he, Deerham, he's hit the post, he's missed a penalty and he scored, scored the goal that we, you know, the consolation. But he brings so much to the team. Like yesterday, he's... Filling in at left back, he's 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 a massive, massive team player, and you know, like I said to you before, when we knew he was available to to bring in, he was somebody that you know I bent over backwards to try and do because I know his goals to game ratio, and he plays off the left, so you know he supplies goals, he scores goals, and he's a great team player, and you know he's somebody that's so comfortable with the ball at his feet. And, you know, we're, we're so pleased that we've got somebody like Dan Cotton in our group because he's the man that we go to. You know, we need a goal. We need something to happen. He's set pace, piece deliveries spot on. And so for somebody that's 34 years of age, you know, he's, he's unbelievable. And it's, he's been an absolute pleasure to work with. And that's where we want to continue getting more out of him. You know, we want to get him into areas of the pitch where he can affect the game more. And, you know, he, on his standards, the two games prior to that, it's probably been a bit lower than what he wanted, but he still creates goals and he's still scoring goals. So an incredible record so far. We hope it continues for a lot longer. But like I say, yesterday was, was a massive, massive team, collective performance, the back four, you know, and it, it's, it speaks volumes that, you know, Joe Welsh has had nothing to do for 90 minutes. So, you know, credit to the back four, the midfield, five, the way they went about their job and against a very, very experienced athletic midfield that they're up against. And, and yeah, the boys up front, Wormsley and, and Ingrid, you know, they were, they were unbelievable. You know, they played against two very aggressive, strong centre-arse. And, you know, that's Ryan Ingrid. He loves that type of battle. And, you know, Wormsley was sort of feeding off little bits off him. So it was a, it was a great team performance. One, one that we enjoyed yesterday and we'll enjoy it for today. But, we're on to Corby now and and our focus is on that and, and making sure that, you know, our performance level doesn't drop below what it was yesterday. Yeah, and it, it's that momentum you want to build and that consistency against another top side sixth currently in the league. Yeah, it is. And, and it's one of those where, you know, we, we don't fear anybody and we just need to make sure that, you know, we turn up with the right attitude and, and desire to, to carry that performance on and, and that consistency level you know, can only come from them, you know, and they've got to strive to 
to want to do that. So, you know, we'll we'll have a you know a couple of sessions this week that you know again we'll work on things and and hopefully it will make us prepared for what we've got coming on Saturday. Yeah, and I think yeah, I mean they are a, they they have got a really good strong squad, and I think they will they will be able to do what they need to do uh, to move up the table, and and I think they will finish mid table in the end. Uh, the, the, it's coming together nicely for them, um, so uh, you know hopefully uh, they can start uh, next week. Um, I was gonna have got I've got was gonna talk about the women's football because we talked about Cambridge United for so long. Unfortunately, uh, we're not gonna get round to that. So. Um, I will talk to uh, Darren uh, in the week. I'm going to go down to the second half of that game now, so I'll talk to him after that and get some things. So we'll do a proper coverage next week. But uh, as I say, they're playing Ashford. Uh, Ash- so uh, United are currently sixth in the league on 11 points after eight games. Ashford are on 10 points after eight games, so very, very close. Um, so it's one of those uh, games that they really need to uh, open up a gap and, and, and pick three points up from it. It was a three-all draw back at the end of August. August in the away game, um, so hopefully they can uh, with the the home with home uh, advantage they can uh, put some goals past them and, and actually get to uh, get to a good result. Um, City, on the other hand, haven't got a game as I said. They don't start until twenty uh, second, um, which is actually there's, a, there's again there's a gap in this. So United have got a game today and then they don't have a game next week before they go to Actonians. Now again, that's with the fixture list. There may be cup games or other things that don't seem to get included in the fixture list. The FA really need to get their act together about the women's football because you often find games aren't listed in there um, or they've got the incorrect information in there so uh, the FA could do with booking up their ideas about the women's uh, full-time website um, So uh, or, or alternatively Cambridge could put the fixtures on the Cambridge uh, website instead but uh, that's all we've got time for uh, this week thanks to Matt, to Lance and to Robbie and to Darren unfortunately I didn't play for joining us um, we'll be back again uh, next week hopefully with a win against Morecambe to talk about um, but you never know um, we'll see you then thanks very much indeed for joining us <laughs>